It's Tuesday, April 14th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Deep Value, Mr. Ron Gross. Thanks for being here. My pleasure, Chris. Always a pleasure. From time to time, when listeners will come here or members or at Fool Fest, something, a question I get from time to time is, how do you get people to come on the podcast? And I'll just <laughs> p- peel back the curtain a little bit. In today's case, it was me standing over Ron at his desk, badgering him. And as I said to to our engineer, um, your puppy dog eyes, I cannot say no to. You, you, you're almost, you know, I feel bad. Is that what you said to Dan? <laughs> yeah. I said, Dan, <laughs> he said, a rare appearance, Ron. I said, well, you know, <laughs> Chris's puppy dog eyes are hard to say no to. Wow. I thought it was the nagging. I didn't know, I didn't know it was my eyes. Um, we're going to talk some earnings We've got some automotive stuff to talk about. We've got some real estate. We're going to dip into the full mailbag, but let's start with one of the big banks because when earnings season kicks off, it is, yes, it's Alcoa that officially kicks it off, but then the big banks come in. So let's spend a minute or two on JP Morgan yep. Chase. First quarter profits rose 12%. That was higher than expected. Stock at a 15 year high, which, by the way, this is not a stock that's been going to the moon year after year, yeah, but still. It's almost, I believe, higher than it's ever been. It has been. It was higher in late March of 2000, um, and maybe the 64-ish range. Now we're in the 63-ish range, so pretty strong. Um, the ups and downs, whether it's the internet bubble bursting or obviously the recession, stock has done nicely. Jamie Diamond continues to execute amid um, accusations, perhaps not the right word, that they should break that bank up into pieces um, and enhance shareholder value. He's steadfast that the business model works, that their four main business lines are nicely offsetting of each other. Um, there are certainly synergies um, that play in. So we saw some real uh, a nice quarter um, trading revenue in particular, both on the fixed income, um, another a fancy word for bonds, um, fixed income side and the stock, the equity side of the business, both strong. That drove um, the profits. But we saw a nice M and A activity. The Commercial bank looked good. The asset management business looked good. So Jamie Dimon certainly buys himself some breathing room and, and can say to people, you know, we're executing well. We don't need to break this up. And from one of our listeners, Jonathan Cunningham, who sent an email with the subject line "Mobile, Mobile, Mobile," and in the email he just wrote, "Even J.P. Morgan Chase mentioned their increase in active mobile customers." Just a nice reminder that everybody mobile is important. Too. Mobile is definitely a, a important. I, I had yeah. not heard that, by the way. Uh, the the drumbeat to break up is that, where is that coming? From? Goldman Sachs did an analysis, I, I think, of uh, how how really? it would look. Um, so a rival bank. Said, <laughs> hey, you know what <laughs> well, you guys? I've heard do? it. For, I I believe I've read it for some money managers as well. Um, you know. It seems you know you can make arguments either way. Um, J.P. Morgan obviously has been coming off of a lot of the the, the investigations that regulators have been you know um, shining on them, and they've paid um, you know a billion dollars to to regulators recently um, over the manipulation of foreign um, exchange markets and tons of legal expenses, almost five hundred million this quarter. Um, that should start to decrease. This isn't over yet, though. I'm sure there's there's more fines to come, and they're going to need to work this out. But they are slowly working it out. Let's move on to Zillow. Zillow has not reported earnings, but uh, the stock is down in the wake of CEO Spencer Raskoff's comments, in which he lowered guidance for the full fiscal year of 2015. Earlier this year, they closed their acquisition of rival real estate website Trulia. 
I don't know if I should be surprised that the stock isn't down more. It was down yeah. at one point. It was down about twelve percent last time I checked. Right before we came in the room, it was down maybe three or four percent. But to, uh, the report I saw was that um, he had lowered their EBITDA from what Wall Street had previously been expecting, just shy of one hundred fifty million dollars. He had lowered it to a range of eighty to eighty-five. Million. Exactly, that's and a that's dramatic, and that's why I think the stock was trading um, worse earlier, um, because that is hey, that's a that's a big number, that's a big miss. Um, once you start, I think, reading through what it's about, and it's largely about the integration of the Trulia acquisition, it's largely about um, the FTC approval process taking longer than expected, um, and. Uh, the CEO saying that the company is actually a couple quarters behind where they thought they would be or where they would like to be. And then you see him make comments like 2016 and 2017 are, quote, going to be incredibly bright. Um, that kind of mitigates sometimes, if, if, if investors believe it, the damage um, that, that can be done to the stock in a given day. So, it, there's nothing that is really permanently impairing this business. The business remains the same. It's, it's, it's the acquisition of Trulia that's, that's occurring, which should really pay dividends in the future, because it's an acquisition that I, I think does make sense. We'll be able to strip out a nice amount of costs, and the business lines are complementary. So, it is very possible that 2016, 2017 looks bright. Now, having said all that, when you have a stock like Zillow, um, where you know the stock was at one point one hundred and sixty-five dollars a share at its high, and now we're in the eighties, um, when you have a stock trading at those kinds of valuations, if you don't put up numbers that people expect, the stock is going to trade down. That's just the way it goes. If you're a long-term investor and you believe in the business model, you just have to ignore that, and perhaps even pick up stock when it gets cheaper, like it is now. Um, but if you're you're in this for the next six months or the next year, you've picked the wrong stock. I was going to say, if you do think that Raskoff is right about the acquisition, how much time it took, and in fact, this is laying the groundwork, then you look at what the stock has done over the last six months or so, the way it's fallen, then yeah, then today potentially is a buying opportunity. It potentially is. And there's many investors in this building we sit in now who are big fans of this stock. Tom Gardner is a big fan of this company. Our Million Dollar Portfolio Service has recently established a position in it. Um, so, there are really big fans of this company. I have kind of an anecdotal, somewhat question in my head because my wife's a real estate agent. We talk about this company quite a bit over the dinner table, um, and she's yet to use it. Um, the, the way the company mostly makes money is by selling um, subscriptions or advertising to realtors so they can advertise on their site. Um, so, when you go to look up some information as a potential buyer, um, you see, oh, there's a realtor that is you know familiar with my area that I'm looking in. I'm going to call that person. My wife has yet to use this service. I know um, a lot of the bigger agents have said we don't really need it. It's a lot of the smaller agents um, that utilize this. I think the company needs to continue to make headways into the mid-level agents and the upper agents if the growth is going to be there to support the stock. Radio at full.com is our email address. Question from Levente Zabo in Guelph, Ontario. From time to time, you touch on how to teach kids about the world of investing, but what is your advice for young adults who don't have tens of thousands of dollars to invest, but have only a few hundred dollars every month? Should they look at the market differently, like 
taking on more risk, for example. Um, obviously, I want you to weigh in. I, I think they should look at the market differently simply because if you're a young adult, you have more time. Such a luxury. Time, so much time more time is, is your on your friend. hands than people like me and Ron. Exactly. <laughs> How dare you? We're, we're adults. We're just not young, <laughs> young adults. adults. Uh, what, what, what I'll say is, first off, risk level is a personal decision. Everyone has different risk tolerance. But I don't think it's necessary to take on more risk, as, as the question poses. Um, I think the, the term, get rich slowly, is not just a nice slogan. It actually works, and it makes sense. Um, just accumulate savings whenever you can. When you have accumulated a nice chunk, put it into the market. Maybe an index fund, an S&P 500 index fund is the first place you'd want to go. Get some instant diversification. Then continue to accumulate savings. Then move into individual stocks, your, your favorite companies that you intend to hold for long periods of time that you're a real proud owner of. And as you do that, your wealth will accumulate over time. I, th- I would say the one caveat is be careful of costs, trading costs. When you only have a little bit of money, your commissions can end up being a large percentage of, of that investment. So, what we like to say is try to keep your costs to 2% or less in, at any given time. So, what that means is if you're paying $10 commission to buy a stock, try not to invest less than $500 in at any given time. Be patient, accumulate your savings. When it gets to $500 or $600, then you can go in and make a make a purchase. And one of the things he touches on, in, intentionally or unintentionally, is um, something I think worth noting, which is there is still this perception that if you're going to invest in individual companies, if you're going to be an investor at all, boy, you better have a lot of money on hand. And in fact, you don't. I mean, to your point, Absolutely. if you keep the costs low, then that's a perfect way. And in fact, that's probably. I'm going to say 99% of young adults, yeah, that's a, the best way to invest. That's how you get started, is just investing a little bit at a time. You absolutely. Don't, you don't need to... The idea that, well, you better have $50,000 laying around if you before you start investing. No. And it's it's the very rare young adult that would have that kind of money. Um, and if you have that kind of money, probably investing, you know, <laughs> it's probably secondary to, uh, on your mind. Um, it is much more the norm to start slowly. Don't forget about your 401k. Hopefully, you're gainfully employed and your company has a nice 401k that perhaps they match. Um, I would definitely recommend putting um, money into your 401k, at least up to the match, because that's free money that your company has given you. Any money after that, you can then, again, as we said, start to accumulate, start slowly, get rich slowly. It really does work. Shares of Pep Boys down after posting a loss for the fourth quarter when they were expected to have a small game. Pep Boys is the, uh, the automotive retail business competing with the likes of AutoZone and Advanced Auto Parts. Uh, interim CEO John Sweetwood called the fourth quarter, quote, a time of transition for the company, which to me, anytime you're calling it a time of transition, <laughs> that's code for we're going to make we're making less money than we thought. That word is thrown around quite a bit yeah. when you see bad quarters come in. I have a long. Spen- by the way, Spencer Raskoff basically said, said the, the same, same thing, thing for Zillow. <laughs> yeah, like this is a transitional year for us. It's like, but, oh, but, you're going to make less money. Okay. That's different though, because when you uh, buy a company like Trulia, it really truly is. Truly is. It truly is. Um, a year of transition. In this case, Pet Boys seems to always be in some sort of transition. I have a long history with this company, way back to my hedge fund days. Um, my former firm had a very large position, um, membership on the board, and um, 
you know, the company is 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 a is a fine company that never seems to put up the numbers it it wants to put up. Right now, it's focusing on growth areas, and it seems to be doing a good job in things like the commercial business tires. Um, but it's hurting margins, at least in the near term. Now, interestingly, they say that even though the the last quarter um, wasn't so hot, the the last three weeks have been really quite quite something <laughs> and and margins are looking up and growth is looking up and comparable uh, same store sales are looking up and everything that they were really trying to execute on looks like um, it's happening three weeks does not a trend make let's keep an eye on this stock I wouldn't be a buyer right here a company really needs to execute and and gain some traction and, and do it consistently. Um, before I would I would be interested. I would absolutely look at this company three months from now because I think Pep Boys and AutoZone and anyone advanced auto parts advanced auto, yeah. anyone in this line of work after the winter we have had in the United States in much of the United States this next quarter should be gangbusters for all of them. So if Pep Boys can't deliver three months from now, then then. <laughs> Then, I, then that, then I don't know what you're doing. I, I I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, we'll keep an eye. There's a lot. There was a, it was a messy quarter in terms of one-time expenses. There was goodwill impairment, and there was a gain on the sale of properties. It makes it even more confusing. Let's watch and see if they can execute. Tomorrow is tax day in the United States. My wife's birthday. It is. It is. Are, are That's you? how I remember every year. <laughs> <laughs> you romantic devil, <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, tax day is tomorrow. Today, however. Is free cone day at Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Do you have a favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, I'm, I'm always a fan of a banana anything. Really? Um, I've talked about it on the radio show probably too much. Um, but in general, I'm a cookies and cream guy. But if if they have banana, I'm there. Let's bring in Dan Boyd from the other side of the glass. Dan, are you an ice cream person in general? Is 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 that something you enjoy, or or are you not a, an ice cream person? I'm not much of a sweets person, to be honest. Okay. Uh, however, I will eat a uh, ice cream sundae uh, from time to time. If we twist okay. your arm. Okay. Well, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not free ice cream sundae day. It's just free cone day. What What's your go-to flavor if it's if you have your choice? I'm probably gonna make uh, all of our listeners hate me, but I prefer sherbet. <laughs> wow. To ice cream. It's better than sorbet. So any 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 of the. Any How about of the you, Chris? Flavors. I think your coffee ice cream. Uh, yeah. If right. I If I'm going to Ben and Jerry's, I'm going the coffee buzz buzz route. Mm, not bad. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Anytime. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Sherbert fan Dan Boyd. <laughs> I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.